Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All things in the name of love. With your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music performed and written by Megan Moreau. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Episode 66, Opening Up to the Sacred Masculine with Stephen Joseph Todd. Today I have with me Stephen Joseph Todd, who is an amazing soul from West Auckland, New Zealand. He's on a mission to help as many people as he can to grow and build a life of freedom and empowerment. He has helped hundreds of people heal themselves with his one-on-one sessions and group breakthrough breathwork workshops. Having lived with depression and anxiety most of his life, Stephen successfully found a way to cure himself. He has deep compassion, empathy, and understanding for people who are going through similar experiences. Stephen is passionate about men's work and teaching men how to feel and release emotions through the power of vulnerability, communication, and breath work. He facilitates group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and workshops called Rise of the Masculine. I love this so much. Yeah. (laughs) Because this is like what we need in our world right now. And I think that's why I felt the need to reach out to you and have this conversation because I don't know what it's like in anywhere other than the United States right now. But the the toxic masculine is pervasive in our world and especially in places that are compassionate, it's it's like this weird suffering consciousness is coming through. And it feels really heavy. So what brought you to your journey to like uncover your emotions and then feel called to help other men work through this toxic masculinity that they're all struggling with? Yeah, so really, really good question. And there's a lot going on around about that at the moment and saying people are toxic masculinity and all these things. And it's, I believe it's conditioning. It was conditioning. Like I, I inherited that from my father and he inherited it from his father. And it's probably like, I see as the generations have gotten closer to where we are now, I guess it's kind of softened up a bit. But for me, I came yeah from West Auckland, had a pretty rough childhood uh, full of violence, abuse and sexual abuse or all the, all the, all the goodies to create a uh, really angry, protective man that I was. And I always had a good heart. I always had a good heart, but I was a menace, especially when I would drink or I was, I would act out the, my learned behaviors, which I saw as a child, which was like, if you don't get your way, you abuse someone. If if someone Mm. does wrong, if it's a man, you beat him up. That that was just, that's just what I was doing for, for a long time. And I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't know how much pain I had. And I didn't know that I didn't know that I had repressed all the traumas or the, the abuse and the hitting and the, all this other stuff. It would come to light later on. But so I was, uh, I was conditioned to what I experienced and especially the first seven years of my life. And, and then I'd go out as an adult and start acting that out. And then the next day I'd wake up and start crying 
especially if I was drunk. So I'd start crying because I'm like, that's not me. Why have I done that? Why have I hurt someone? And it was, so yeah, like I, I didn't really like doing it, but I still did it. So it was, it was, it was just like reactive. If someone said the certain thing that would trigger my pain or, you know, not, and yeah, just another bit of the background story. I didn't have a father either. He left when I was about four and a half. So he was oh. there. Uh, for the first four and a half years, abusing my mum, tormenting me, and then he up and left. And I, I really saw him after that, and then, boom, he was gone. So there was that wow. to add on top of it. So wow. I didn't have any, yeah. So I didn't have any positive male role models. So me and my friends, I met as teenagers. We were skateboarders, so we were getting into, we we're menacing around. And then, uh, this around the year two thousand, like gangster rap came around in like 50 Cent and all the Nas and all these other rappers. So that was a heavy influence for us as well. So it was all about who can be the baddest, who's the baddest, who's the best thief, who's the best graffiti artist and all that. And I got sucked into that world because all my, all my friends were there too. You know, was, uh, I still got to take responsibility for that. But with that came a lot of violence as well, violence towards other men because we would have our crew of guys and then we'd pick on the other crew of guys and stuff. It was a pack mentality and, that was it was almost like a survival or a coping mechanism because deep down we all want to be loved. We all want to be part of a tribe. So this one suited me and like what I was carrying inside of me subconsciously with all the pain. And when I look back, me and all my mates had a lot of pain and either no father or a really unsupportive, uh, <laughs> unavailable father. So we're all carrying this similar vibration and then we'll, mm -hmm. we'll go out and act that out in the world. And it doesn't mean to say we were like bad people or anything, but there was, we didn't know any different. Right. We got taught about sexuality. We learned that from, from pornography. So therefore we take that on and we think that's how you ha relate to a woman when you're having intercourse. And it's like, wow, okay. Now, in hindsight, now I'm looking back, I thought, wow, now I got loaded up with so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big, the big turning point for me was I, I was emotionally abusing my girlfriend and only more so when I was drunk as when once I started to love her and I was like, oh man, I'm full of pain. And I didn't know I was afraid of anxiety. I oh, sorry, uh, abandonment and rejection. So I'd push her away first and then I'd feel crap about it. So then I was, it was just like perpetual loop, like guilt. <laughs> and then so then I'm guilty. I'm loading myself up with more guilt and then I feel worse about myself. And then she would do or say something, which was never to hurt me, but I get hurt and then I push away and then try to get her back. So it was just, Oh a, man, that's a cycle. Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a really hard cycle. And that's, that's what took me on this journey. I was like, what's my problem with females? And I never really, realized you know getting hit by my mother when i was a child and like yelled at locked in the room and all this stuff it just really set this complex up in my mind that i need to protect myself from other women and then of course having not had a father so then there was all this anger towards my father so when any man that would was more so when i was like drunk uh, would say or do something I would act out accordingly, which remember as a child, I've been taught if you do something wrong, you get hit. So then I'd be hitting these men. <laughs> and then, oh. yeah, it was just a cycle. But then I was living in Melbourne. This was in 2009. And I was like, man, I've had enough. I was just like, most of my friends didn't even want to be around me anymore. I was, my relationship was on the edge. And then I just, I just took a step over over the cliff into the abyss and started looking at my stuff by seeing a counselor and then carried on from there you do one of the one of the things you do is breath work 
How did you come to find that as a source of emotional release? Yeah, I love it. I'm so passionate about it. So um, yeah, just to kind of carry on. So I, I went and saw the counselor for a year, cried a lot, blamed my dad for my whole existence, et cetera, et cetera. Realized that didn't work, it helped. And then, so I went into the healing arts. I found theta healing, which is a uh, subconscious reprogramming where you tap into mm. the source and it's really powerful stuff. I did that for a while. I trained in it as well. Pushed, my teacher pushed me. I was like, just come out of like this world where you just drink and have fights on Saturday night to go to work on Monday. And then next thing I'm like learning these healing arts. So it was like, I was living this double life. And yeah. so I trained a lot in theater healing and I was reading a lot of like conscious books and stuff and self-development books, I guess you'd, you'd call them. And then I uh, went back to New Zealand in 2013, thought I was going to be a theater healer, but then I realized I had much more family stuff to deal with. So I always knew I wanted to help people, but I had to help myself first. And I had like what I would consider for me, they were quite severe traumas that were just played out in many areas of my life and was stuck in my body, which, and then the complexes of the mind. So it took me a while actually, uh, but I set a solid foundation. And then a friend of mine, uh, a couple, yeah, Lucas and Heller, they trained in breath work uh, probably about nine months before I did. They were telling me about it. And I was like, oh, wow, I like that because it's, you give the power back to the person who's wants to, you know, heal themselves essentially. So breath works a way to do that. You can, you lay down and you just breathe in this particular pattern and it will stimulate the sympathetic nervous system, which can then discharge any uh, stuck energy or traumas from the body. And I was like, wow, that, that really sounds good to me because then it can get to groups of people as well. And because I'm all about energy work, I'm about, some people call it the hocus pocus or whatever. It's, I believe in it fully. I've had too many experiences in my life that, that it just, you cannot deny that there's something else going on around us. Mm -hmm. But most of the people that relate to me or like get along with me or resonate with me are not into that stuff. And I feel part of my mission is to get to the, the people who need and want change, but would not specifically go down the spiritual path. If you want to hear it, if you Mm -hmm. want to call it that. So they breathwork's a good way to to give back the power to the people and realize, hey, here's something that if you lay down and breathe like this for an hour, something will happen. And you can nine times out of ten, you can't explain it with your mind. So right. yeah, it's, right. it's powerful stuff and it's very practical. So therefore it's a good, good, uh good modality to share with people. And you can do group I do large groups and also one on ones and smaller groups. And yeah, it's just it's potent stuff. It really does work. So I got to ask about the group stuff because I just love the thought of a group of men who are emotionally repressed experiencing this transformation for the first time. What what do you see in that process? Oh wow, yeah, the the rise of the masculine workshop I do. It's five hours, so we um, it's not five hours of breathing. Jeez, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do trick. I, I'm a bit of a joker too. So there's a couple of times in my workshops where I've actually tricked them and told them I was like, yeah, we're just going to be breath doing breathwork for like five hours, and they're like, bro, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> But um, for me, um, a, lot of, a lot of my journey has been based around clearing shame, shame and guilt out of my mm-hmm. life. These, these are the two, I would consider the two densest emotions. I, I would consider shame as probably the, the lowest 
like dense emotion there is, you know, mm-hmm. some other people might say it's something else, but for me personally, shame is just a, it crippled me my whole life. I mean, cause it's something I, you know, I was shamed as a child and this and that, and then it just locked away and shame doesn't want to be seen. Shame will trick you into not letting it be seen and therefore not doing things with your life because it wants to stay hiding in these like these little cracks or dungeons within the unconscious mind. So uh, the first two or three hours I get the men facing each other and they're looking at each other. So kind of priming them, you know, get them in front of each other. And now we we start off slow and we just say, why are you here, et cetera? Because we're the, the men I get to, the men that really need it, I believe are the ones that have never really had an opportunity to just stand in front of another man and be vulnerable and talk about mm-hmm. something. You know, there's such a, uh, I don't know, like, uh, it's just so rough, man. This, this yeah. hard man mentality we're meant to be living by, which is just killing us, literally, yeah. with the high levels of suicide, especially in Australia and New Zealand. Mm. And so I primed the men, actually, before we do the breathwork, and we start bringing the shame to the light. We'll get them to stand up in a circle and say, what are you most ashamed of? And we sit there listening to this man who's standing up, talking about himself. Generally, tears are coming down his eyes and down his face, I should say. And it's to just let it be seen. We're going to challenge, we're going to challenge this shame because I know this is what's holding a majority of us back. So that once we've really like been seen and been heard in our shame, which is super powerful, yeah. And being seen and being heard, obviously, you know, some of the fundamentals of a, a human core needs. And then we, we go into the breath work and that's where it, like, it pops off. Like the men are just like, the majority of them are like crying, like probably for a second or third time of the day already and just really feeling things and having experiences and repressed memories coming up. And it's a safe space. So I've, I've trained, I've been trained very well. I'm very well experienced in helping people release trauma out, out of their bodies. You've got to be very careful. Like you don't want to open people up in an unsafe environment. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really powerful and just seeing like the afterwards when they get out there a bit like after breathwork naturally you're a bit but out out of out of whack or out of center but yeah. then the, when they walk away from the workshop or like one on ones or whatever they just they're a new person because of all this energy it's just energy you know stuff yeah. energy it's dense yeah. and then it creates thoughts and you know, these low level emotions are not like felt and processed. They'll just stay there probably for lifetimes. I don't know until, until we do mm. deal with it. It has, it has to move. Yeah. I know from my work, I, I do a different modality. I work with a practitioner who does a combination of uh, channeling and body talk. Mm, and body talk. So, I love body talk. It's like the best yeah. thing ever for me. And, and the stuff we come that comes, it's all energy, but it's like, it's familial, it's ancestral, it's karmic. Yeah. It's what my soul's brought through for how many lifetimes I've lived. I, you know, cause that's, that's an energy thing too. Our souls are eternal and yeah. we perceive because we're three dimensional beings that it's only this lifetime. So like just that, the, the recognition that my thought, like if I feel something in my body, that's just a thought telling me that there's something that I need to address. Mm. Like if I feel fear or stress, it's like, oh, I could just feel into that and feel where it is and breathe into it so I can help move the energy out. And it's just such a powerful, powerful thing. And what I've seen is the more I pay attention to my feelings and how it's showing up in my body, the better I can communicate because I'm being more present to myself. 
Oh, for sure. I can totally relate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really powerful experience. And I love that, that you're, that you're, it doesn't seem like it is, but it's like such a, like, because men are, at least in the United States, it's like, oh, they're just men. And they're not seen for the beautiful sacred beings that they truly are. They're, they're marginalized and emasculated because of these roles that you're all given yeah. on how you're supposed to behave. And when those are removed, like I remember my dad who was more normally emotionally repressed, but when he took me out on the, on the lake and we were in the canoe and he saw a heron or he saw a beaver, I saw the layers go away and I felt the gentleness of his heart. Uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how can we, what can, yes, men need to do the work. What can women do to help support that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question and something I, I'm also passionate about. I here where I live in Ubud, uh, Bali, Indonesia. Um, I'm surrounded by a lot of empowered women and doing the work like so, so, such as yourself and very in touch with their their energy and their body and really look after themselves. And they they I find them very supportive and that they've taken away the the judgment. And mm. you mentioned that the term toxic masculinity before and. And when when uh, when we as men hear that, I'll speak for all. I'll speak for myself. It, it really puts pressure on us, and then then it can bring in some guilt as well. And it's like, oh, you know, uh, maybe I'm just a bad guy or whatever. Mm. And um, I think I think for a majority of us men, because I'm a, I'm in a really safe, powerful relationship with my lady and with my queen, I should say, my mm. dear queen. And I've still got wounds coming up now, and she's just there supporting me. She knows that it's not who I truly am, and so for, on a, I guess on a collective scale, it's just to have some compassion for us men. I mean, there are obviously within, within all the men on the planet, of course, there's going to be some psychopaths and, you know, sociopaths that don't acting out stuff that they'll never, ever kind of clear away. But for the a majority of us, I still believe it's just, it's society, it's culture, it's conditioning and, and just finding a way, you know, just showing, showing some love, some compassion for us but obviously not taking our not taking our shit either but right. you know but it's like standing firm with your own boundaries but kind of you know like leaning there without without the judge taking away the judgment or something that it's uh, i know there's some I, I don't particularly or really get into it myself but i know there's some feminist movements and stuff where they're like men are this men are that i mean that doesn't help it's fighting yeah. fire with fire and right yeah, you know, I, I believe every man I see, even the ones that have gone to jail or wherever, because I back in New Zealand, I've I've got a very colourful background, and um, they're all just little boys. Most of us are just little boys screaming out for some love, mm. and we just we don't know how to get it, and we were not taught emotional resilience, emotional intelligence at school. Yeah. No, we don't get taught that sort of stuff. So, and a majority of us men never really transitioned into being a man we never had a rite of passage you know we never mm. a lot of us never really got stripped away from our mother like they do in the tribes stripped right. away from your mother to become a man so i think for now i really do believe collectively it's coming through so there's a bit of patience needed from the ladies but just know there's a lot of us men out there that are doing it and there's a, i'm seeing a, so many more men starting to talk about this stuff about men's mental health and just sparking a conversation yeah, and for if there's any of the female listeners out there, 
just giving your husband or your partner, if you or your male friends, just that space to to give them that container to talk if they want to, and just let them know it's safe because it's like again, us men are like I'll speak for all men here. We're kind of looking over the uh, over the cliff into the abyss, which is like oh, taking that first step to be vulnerable is so hard because we've been conditioned to not. We're going to be the the hard man or a real man is one that's got big muscles and doesn't talk about his feelings and all this sort of stuff. And I get it, man. You know, like I, I'm a bit cheeky about that because I really feel like it's outdated now, but it's still, there's a lot of men who don't have that awareness. I, in my surroundings and like on my Instagram feed and all that, it's like men who are talking about this stuff and all my bros are really doing the work and, or are doing well, you know, not projecting their pain out that they've, they've done something about it, but there's a, there's a lack of education around that. Yeah. So it's happening. It really is happening. And I, I'm so supported by uh, my, the females around me, even like yourself, you know, like how we, how we've met and that's yeah, it's, it's, it's really helpful. Really is. That's really beautiful because it's such an important thing for, for us as women. I mean, we're all in this collective state where we're in the unknown right now with this global shift in consciousness i'll say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna call it anything else um, what else is that <laughs> well that that thing but like yeah. it's giving us an opportunity to look at what doesn't what works and what doesn't work and and how we can show up differently to see each other on a on a deeper level and recognize that we're all vulnerable and we all want to be that peace and love that we are inside and we just don't know how to do it yeah so uh... so supporting each other and like and and you know being open to listening and you know being vulnerable you're vulnerable yourself if you're the listener you have to be vulnerable you have to actively listen and pay attention and make eye contact and and engage in a way that's that's open because we all need that right now. For sure. Yeah. I just want to, want to chime in on that and add to yeah. that. And that's uh, like, I was kind of mentioning before having a container where of safety, where you do have some friends or your partner or a family member where one can speak, whether it's a male or female here. And it's like, whether it's just, just these people you can speak about, like speak about your stuff to, you know, it's, there's been times where I've had this stuff going in around in my head, you know, like, thoughts and judgments and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, just getting worse and worse. My body's constricting and everything. Mm. And then I'll sit down with a friend, a trusted friend. So it's not easy. It's not easy for me right. personally. Anyway, it hasn't been easy. It gets easier now, but just to sit there while they, like you said, while they're just sitting there, phones over there somewhere, there's no distraction and they're just looking at you and they don't want to fix you. They don't want to change you. They're just there to hear you. Mm-hmm. And that is some powerful stuff. It really yeah. is. It just lets the cork off the top of the bottle, and it's like the body, my body can drop, or people's bodies can drop, and it's like, oh wow, maybe it wasn't as brutal as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. What was going around in my head? And there's somebody here who cares. Yeah, there's somebody here who cares. And I guess this comes back to you know the, this. You know, I'm not a much of a social commentator, but there is there's a lot of separation created within mm-hmm. our, our societies. I, cause I, I grew up with American culture too. So it's all about competition and who's <sighs> got the best abs or the biggest booty and all that, you know, well, you know, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. I don't really, I'm, I'm far removed from that, but I can still see the patterns going on. So 
it's very hard for us to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, I guess, maybe the hero's journey of this life is learning to love, to love oneself, especially yeah. if we we have unmet needs from our childhood, we carry that in, and there's a lot of depression based around that, I believe. And it's uh, just knowing that there's finding finding people that you trust that can handle you with whatever you got to say without judgment, and they do not want to fix you, and will offer advice if you need it. Mm-hmm. That's that's been the formula, I believe. I love what you just said that the hero's journey is actually about fi- loving yourself. That resonates so beautifully uh, because I love Joseph Campbell and I love his comparative analysis of, of different cultures because he started me on the quest of realizing, like I knew as a kid, there was no separation. And then I got taught that there was, mm. and he opened me back up to it's an illusion. And the whole premise of the the hero's journey of actually just discovering who you really are and loving yourself for who you really are is such a beautiful understanding of it. And I thank you for that because I I hadn't articulated it that so succinctly before. And it's just it just makes me even happier. <laughs> oh, I got tingles going all down my crown, through my head or through my body hearing that hearing as it like drops into place for both of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's great. beautiful. I love that you get that too. Like when something resonates, I, I vibrate yeah. Yeah. and that, that just reconfirms the, the, the energy that we're connected to. When we feel joy, we feel the joy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a cool thing because all of a sudden my fingers vibrate and everything tingles and like I know that we're in this great space now because my temperature just rose and I haven't done anything. <laughs> like, that's so cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and so do you bring any of your energy work into the breath work or are you trying to keep it like at a level just as an introductory to help them to begin to open up or is there a combination of that? Oh, I love this question. There, there's a, there, there's a, there's a lot more going on when I create a field for, for breath work. There's a, beautiful. A, a lot of it is metaphysical. It's not mm-hmm. really, not really here. You know, I've, I've got some good friends, they call them ancestors there. And I, I've, I've had ancestors come into the room before uh, when I, when I was in Melbourne, Australia and there was someone gave me feedback afterwards. They were like, I felt because I called them the, the indigenous, the, the aboriginals they called in Australia to, to be in the space with us. I'd, I'd been into the park. Beautiful. Yeah. I went into the park down the road and I did like a, a ritual to say, Hey, look, I'm here. Obviously I'm not from here. I'd like to work with the energy of this land, please to, to help these people heal themselves. And, and my mind and my, and my meditation, I felt, I saw this group of aboriginals come to me and kind of bless me, put some paint on my forehead. This, I mean, this is all in the other realms, right? I love this so much. I love this so yeah. much. And then I went to the workshop and then, yeah, I just called them in. I was like, let's, let's, there's a container of safety here. Obviously, I've prayed into the room and set up a field already yeah. and then called them in. And then, yeah, it's like coming back to the, the, this person who gave me feedback. They go, I could feel the presence of someone sitting with me. And kind of, I could almost f- physically feel them, but your vo- I could hear your voice and you're over the other side of the room. And I don't know if they're ready to hear it at that point. So I just go, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of strange. <laughs> Maybe there's someone else here. Maybe there's some energy here. So 
that 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 can happen at times and then sometimes it's just i guess it's just how it's perceived this energy and it's just protective energy so that's definitely going on i've also it's different each workshop and the energy yeah. of where I'm at and, you know, this, my state of being, which I'm always like high vibes before I like a big workshop like mm-hmm. that. And then I, I also, yeah, I'm trained in like body with certain types of body work as well to through my breathwork training, which can help to release like any tension, physical tension, which they can end up being some form of emotion that's stored, you know, it's kind of crystallized in the body and yeah. And, and energy work as well. I don't have any like formal like certificate for energy work, but I think we can all do it. And I've, yeah. I've, I can do that too. And I, sometimes it's just coming up to someone and being in their field, their mm-hmm. energy field, sharing my energy field with their energy field when they're like going or going through a memory or like a trauma or something to release just feeling because we feel more than we, we know we do just mm-hmm. like you, you've kind of mentioned, you know, feeling the joy and stuff like that. Most people, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people I've come across have not really realized that what they're actually feeling, you know, we're, we're still right. kind of caught up in the mind. So mm-hmm. just, just having the presence of someone next to them and as they're going through it is, is just help just as helpful. So yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. It's multidimensional and yeah, I feel very blessed every time that I've been given this these skills and I'm in this position to do I do not take it lightly at all. Yeah. And I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't feel confident I could do it. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm not there for show. This is for this is some serious stuff. Yeah. And that's just so beautiful. That the fact that you've opened yourself up to this, to the fact that you're a multidimensional being. Yeah. And that you can call on the support of others. I I usually like in the past month, I've woken up at around two, which is liver time in the Chinese clock. Mm-hmm. And my heart chakra has expanded and it just keeps on expanding. Like, and I'll, I'll be in half sleep, but not really because the energy is so much deeper than, mm. than just me. And I'll just bliss out. Like I'll just be in the semi meditative state, just feeling the energy flow through me. And, and that's who I really am is that love that is just, just emanating from me. And, and it's a process. I mean, I, I, I can say five years ago, I didn't feel that, but the deeper I go within to release the wounds that I have to shine the light that I am, I can feel it more. And it's, you know, it's such important. Like, I don't think there's any more important work on the planet than to find out who you really are. I, I can, t- I totally agree 100%. And what, what I used to say when I was on my path early on in my path, and I didn't really have the capacity to help people the way I wanted to, I keep saying my greatest gift back to humanity right now is me healing myself, clearing out my stuff. So then I put out a new vibration because obviously I believe in the collective unconscious or the collective consciousness. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of uh, Jung, Carl Jung. So I, I really believe everything he's he's written that it really resonates with me. And so a big part of that is like the collective consciousness, collective unconscious, so on and so forth, archetypes, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. So by, by me healing myself and I'm very vocal with like my healing journey as well in terms of like what I've, what I've written throughout the years on my Facebook and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So um, even when I didn't, I wasn't, like I said, didn't have the capacity to be doing the things that I'm doing now, which I knew I wanted to be doing at least inspiring other people to show that, Hey, if I can, you can, that that was always my kind of like my motto was like, if Stephen Todd can heal himself and find happiness, I was, I was the angriest little bugger around, you know, there was, 
to, if I can do that, you can do that. So I'll I'll lead by example. And that's, you know, just adding back to the collective and it's, it's, and then my vibration shifted. So then when I'm around people, they can feel something shifted, which then there may be a resonance and it may help something unravel within them. They might head off somewhere and then they go, Oh, wow. You know, that I have new awareness now. And uh, the awareness is the key, right? Once you're aware of something, and you're willing to step into it, especially along this path, then it's only a matter of time before it unravels and you find more of yourself. Are you feeling that accelerate like in the past month or so? Are you feeling like more and more people are, are starting to feel a shift? Yes, for sure. Um, where I stay in Ubud, like Ubud, Bali, Indonesia, this is like, there's a magical little vortex here. Mm. So this is like, if you're on the path, have you been here before? I have not. Okay. So if you're, if you're on a deep healing path, you're going to come here. And even for people who are not on the deep healing path, this place will bring your stuff to the surface. It's like the, there's it's no beautiful. escape. Yeah, there's no escape. Ubud in um, ancient Balinese language means medicine. So it's people come here to heal. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of healers here and like yoga. So it's just this, like, I love this place. It's like heaven mm-hmm. on earth for me. So there's a lot of us here in Ubud who are on the path, we're getting slammed. And so oh, we're getting, yeah. so what I mean getting slammed is that we're getting the, the, the deeper, the, the deeper stuff coming to the, the darker stuff if you want to call it, you know, it's yeah. all dark light, same stuff, but coming to the surface in order to be healed. Like I've just gone through rapid transformations over the last, I got back here March 16th, lockdown happened March 20. So it's been, uh, it's been interesting, really hard times as well but I'm willing to stick it out and do the work and really finding these, these uh, complexes within my mind that have uh, caused me to believe I'm not enough or whatever, whatever stories behind that. So right. this is definitely, and it definitely relates back to what's happening collectively as well. Like uh, for, for me, I would like, there was a period of time where my mother would hit me, then leave me in the bedroom alone. So therefore I was isolated. This is when I was a oh. child. Yeah. So therefore I was a little boy isolated in the room. <laughs> and then you look out collectively, what's going on? Yeah. Isolated, locked away. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So now I can look at my one, you know, there's like a, there's a hologram there. So I was really looking at that stuff and really looking at the complexes behind it and still kind of working through it. But I feel like I've like really like pulled out or like felt a lot of like the, the repressed pain that I kind of knew was there, but I didn't, you know, when it right. went safe enough and when I felt ready. So yeah, I believe there's a lot of us getting called to step up now. This is it, you know, and we, we are part of this. We're, mm-hmm. we're not separate from it. Right. We, also, we also inherited it as well, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. from, from ancestors, you know, like just generations of the same stuff heading down this, this, this road, this path. And yeah. the, having this pandemic here is just, it's almost like um, it's just a kick up the butt, really. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's time to wake up. <laughs> Time to wake up. Yeah, it is. It's not working now. So what's not working within you? Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Come on, let's 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 get the vibes high again. We're coming into the golden age, apparently. So let's mm-hmm. let's get it let's kick it into gear. Yeah, it's it's a really fascinating time in life. Like I my background is I used to be an historian and just not even, I actually did a post on MeWe a couple of weeks ago because I felt that it was too controversial for like, for me coming out and like giving context about what I think is going on and, yeah. and doing parallels and what I know about history. And it felt like it was scary, which means, oh, that's source coming through me because mm. my ego is getting in the way. 
like, this is a truth that I feel I have to say, and my ego's getting in the way. So I'm like starting to feel that call to like a deeper perspective, which is way out of my comfort zone. I'm also being called to make, to open an apothecary with source inspired stuff. So like face creams and body creams and stuff like that, that I am not creating. I'm getting the instructions downloaded to me and say, make this. Oh yeah. I'd love to try some of that. Yeah. (laughs) Give me your address when we're done and I'll send you stuff. Oh, for sure. It's like, it's just the stuff that I have no, I mean, my, my soul, I actually had this really wild experience a couple of weeks ago where I was sitting and I was about to journal and I felt these entities come in mm. and they were previous versions of me. Wow. It was wild. I had a Native American telling me that the reason why I'm connected to the land more and I'm, I have a tree in my garden that uh, I call Grandmother Cedar and she wants to teach me. So the reason that that's happening is because my Native American self is shoving me over there and saying, you have to do this. Yeah. And then an Indian woman came in and said, you know why you love cooking so much? Why you love Indian cooking? Why you love spices? That's me. Mm. What is this? And then the third one came in and she was a gypsy. And she said, all of the apothecary stuff is from me. I was like, wow. I have all these beings within me. And then they're like, we're cheering you on. They sat around a circle and they're cheering me on and saying, whatever you need, whenever you need us, call on us to help you. And I was just like, I have this within me. I have this within me to call on. Like I, it is, I don't need to look elsewhere. It's in me. Wow. And it's like, how does like, this has never happened before. And it's just such a beautiful thing because my ego isn't in the way, which is what is what causes so much suffering. Right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, it's a testament to all the, the hard work you've done, you know, the, the soul searching, the, yeah. the self-love as well. Wow. Yeah. This is amazing to hear. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I was like, I, I didn't know that could happen. <laughs> it felt really, it felt really, really amazing. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of removing this perception. Well, I say that lightly. It's not just a matter. It's a, it's a process of removing that perception that we're not worthy and we're not connected because we are. Yeah, <laughs> we, sir, we totally, totally are. And until we just forget that it's almost uh, for me personally, it was just like, I was just a wounded little boy sitting in the corner with my mm. head turned away, my head turned away from the world. And yeah. then as I learned that I can kind of come out of there, I'm like, Oh, wow. Life loved me all along. Mm-hmm. Really did want me to thrive. And as soon as we can do that and feel anything that needs to be felt from the past and let it move through, then it becomes the wisdom. And then we're there to share that with others mm-hmm. and just keep, just keep building this and building it up. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask the one question I'm allowed to ask, which is how can people find you? Okay. So uh, three ways. Uh, first is Instagram, which is Stephen Joseph Todd. Um, Facebook, Stephen J. Todd. Or my website, stephenjtodd.com. So Stephen with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N-J-T-O-D-D.com. Oh, yeah, stephenjtodd.com. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Oh, my gosh, this has been such an amazing conversation. Oh, I could do that for hours, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Thank, you for, we Thank could... you for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome.
The action item of the week is going to be hopefully a really fun one for you. The first step that I want you to do before you do anything else is to meditate for 22 minutes. Your focus is going to be clearing your mind of judgment. The next step is, having arranged this already rather, you're going to approach a male that is important to you in your life and let them know that you are offering a space of non-judgment and love. And if there's anything they want to share with you, that they should feel safe to do it with you in this space. The next step is actively listen. Innately, this is something I have. So it's a little challenging for me to explain it, but I'll try to break it down. So when you actively listen, you remove judgment, you physically engage. In other words, you're leaning into the conversation, you're making eye contact, you're not coming up with solutions, you're listening, you're providing space for someone to open up. It is an incredibly powerful practice and something that I encourage every single one of you to start to learn if you haven't done it already. When you do this for another person, you're allowing yourself and them to be more vulnerable with each other. And it's so powerful and so healing. That's it for the week. Until next time, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.